If dating apps make everyone so miserable, then why can't we stop using them? Today, our topic is everyone's favorite thing to complain about. Of course, I'm talking about dating apps. If you talk to people who use dating apps, the odds are 9 out of 10 people will tell you that their experience is pretty miserable. You'll probably hear things like, Oh, people are so flaky these days. Or, ugh, it's just an ocean of disappointment. Or, man, I am so going to die alone. But if these apps really are so miserable, then why can't we stop using them? Why do we delete them only to re-download them, then re-delete and re-download them again? To answer that, I want you to think about something. What is the business of Tinder, Hinge, or Bumble? Now, I promise you, this is not a business podcast. It's just an important question. And you might answer, oh, that's obvious. Tinder is in the dating app business. And while you technically won't be wrong, the dating app is just their product. As consumers, we don't spend money on products. What we're really trying to buy is the feeling that these products give us. For example, hair salons don't sell haircuts. What they're really selling is confidence. We don't go to McDonald's to buy hamburgers. What we're really looking for is comfort. So in the same way, companies like Tinder, they're not selling dating apps. The real business of Tinder is hope. And this is precisely why when we go on a bad date, or when we get ghosted, or when we don't get matches on the apps, what do we start feeling? Hopelessness. As in, oh my God, my romantic future is doomed. But since we desperately don't want that to be true, we start swiping even harder. We double down and invest even more time on the apps, optimizing our profiles and checking the app every five seconds. But this is where bad becomes worse because now we're acting desperate and very few things repel people more than desperation and neediness. Which means even more bad dates, even more ghosting, even fewer matches, which of course only makes us feel even more desperate until eventually, ah, hashtag forever alone. Okay, so what's the problem here? You see, here's the thing. Time is a zero-sum resource, which means every minute that you put into dating is a minute that you're not investing in the other areas of your life. I want you to think about this analogy from the wonderful Matthew Hussey. Imagine your confidence as a chair you're sitting on, and this chair is kept upright by multiple legs. If only one of those legs is super fat and sturdy, let's call this your dating leg. Meanwhile, all the other legs, your career, your friends and family, your hobbies, if all these other legs are skinny and wobbly, what do you think is going to happen when that one sturdy leg gets knocked out? In the world of investing, we always hear people say, you need to diversify your portfolio. For example, 
If we invest all of our money in food companies, and suddenly there's a historic drought, our portfolio would be pretty vulnerable, right? Well, our emotional stability works the exact same way. If we put all our hopes and dreams on romance, any negative experience in dating is going to be magnified by a thousand. Think about it. To the average person, a bad date kind of sucks, right? But if on top of that, you also don't have friends who love you, nor a career that you're pursuing, nor hobbies that you're passionate about, now, when you have a bad date, or when you get ghosted, or when you don't get matches, that's going to feel like the end of the world. And the more hopeless you feel, the more time you'll want to invest in dating, which makes you act even more desperate, which only repels people from you even more, which, of course, only makes you feel even more hopeless. And, oh, look, now we're in a negative feedback loop. (sighs) Okay, so that was the bad news. Want to hear the good news? What if I told you that the path to being happy romance or not, and the path to finding a partner are actually the exact same path. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, think about it. What got us into this mess in the first place? Overinvesting in dating and in the apps. So, how do we break out of the cycle? By doing the opposite. We shift our focus back to investing in ourselves as in all those other legs under our chair. And the easiest way to demonstrate this is, let me ask you a question. Between these two people, who would you rather date? Person number one. Everything in person one's life revolves around you. How much you like them, how much attention you pay to them, and how much time you spend with them. You and the relationship are literally all this person cares about. Or we have person two. Now, person two really likes you and enjoys spending time with you. But they also have a career and goals that they're striving towards. They have a rich social life. And they also have hobbies that they're deeply passionate about. My point is, people like other people who have attractive lifestyles. As in, people who have things going on in their lives. So the more you invest in those other legs under your chair, the more attractive you're going to become. But more importantly, when you have a great group of friends who give you a sense of love and belonging, when you're pursuing a career and hobbies that give you meaning and fulfillment, regardless of what happens in romance, you already have a great life. But even more important than that, on a more profound subconscious level, Every time you overinvest in dating, what you're subcommunicating to yourself is, I am not enough. That's why I desperately need romance in order to feel okay. But the problem is, the more you obsess about dating, the more you reinforce that very sense of lacking. On the other hand, every time you invest in yourself, you're telling yourself, I am important. I don't need someone else to validate my existence. And look, in the beginning, you're not actually going to believe that. But each time you do it is a piece of evidence. 
and with a big enough stack of evidence, you'll have no choice but to believe it. Because we are what we repeatedly do. So by repeatedly investing in yourself, you'll also start recognizing your own value. Which brings me to my last point. You know how people always talk about having F-U money? As in having enough money that if you don't like your job, you can just walk away. Well, our friend Matthew has this idea I love that he calls F-U confidence. And what that means is when you're living a rich, fulfilling life, no matter how sexy someone might be, if they're not treating you the way you deserve to be treated, or if they're not giving you the same energy that you're giving them, your life is so rich that you can just walk away. And ironically, the more willing you are to walk away, the more attractive you become. And I don't mean this in terms of playing hard to get. It's simply a matter of having strong boundaries. For example, a friend of mine who we'll call Jenny was supposed to go on a date recently. But her date had a last-minute meeting at work, so he had to cancel. Now, Jenny, thinking that he just blew her off, turned around and deleted him from Instagram. (sighs) I know. Thankfully, though, he still had her number, and they eventually did end up going on a date. But when he got there, the first thing he said was, Look, Jenny, I like you, and I think you're a really cool girl. But I didn't like how you just deleted me like that without saying anything. If I did something to offend you, or if there's something you're unhappy about, you're more than welcome to just talk to me about it. Okay? The fact that this person had the confidence to enforce his boundaries in an assertive yet non-judgmental way, and the fact that he cares so much about his values that he's willing to walk away from someone he likes, right then and there, Jenny thought to herself, oh my God, this person is so sexy right now. But of course, to be willing to say something like that to someone you like and potentially risk them walking away That takes a lot of F-U confidence. And that can only come from having very stable legs under your chair. So the next time you catch yourself on Bumble, swiping like a mad person, feeling hopeless, just remember, the path to a happy single life and the path to romance are the same. When in doubt, invest in yourself. You know how people say things like, you have to be okay with being alone before you're ready to be in a relationship. It sounds like one of those empty platitudes that only people who are already in happy relationships like to say, right? I used to think so too. But then I realized what they're really saying is, when you have goals that you're pursuing in your life, when you're surrounded by people who love and support you, you'll no longer be desperately trying to find meaning and acceptance through love. And ironically, when you stop relying on romance to be the answer to all your problems, romance might just come and find you. If you were able to get some value out of today's episode, please pay it forward 
and send it to someone else that you think it can help. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening to Slightly Less Clueless. Take care, and I'll see you next time.